and welcome to Fiercely Freelance, the no BS podcast for freelance women that brings you hot business, marketing and mindset tips every week, as well as raw and inspiring stories from real freelancers. I'm your host, Seals Lockley. I'm a former freelancer and expert digital marketer of 20 years, and I'm here to help you discover how to create and grow a freelance business that puts your desires and needs first connects you to a true sense of purpose and gives you a sustainable income. If you want to feel confident, calm, but also seriously fucking fierce as a business owner, I've got you. Hello, love. Welcome back to the show. This week, I'm really excited to bring on a guest who I've been dying to speak to for ages. Her name is Chloe Barnes, and she is a copywriter and personal branding strategist for bold, witty, and fun brands. Chloe helps people who are the face of their brand to grow an audience of super fans. Welcome to the show, Chloe. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you, have you here, all that good stuff. First of all, I just want to say, I am in awe of what you have created as a business owner, as a freelancer. And so that's why I really wanted to get you on this show. When did you start freelancing? Tell us about where that journey began. Okay. Uh, it was a really long time ago, actually. I've, I've been messily freelancing for a very long time, um, probably about 10 to 12 years ago um, when I started working in digital marketing for a, um, an SEO agency in Edinburgh. I joined and was very, you know, entry-level salary. And I was like, right, I need to start like experimenting and supplementing my income. And I was, tra- like, I had a travel blog at the time. So that was um, kind of my like window into the world of, well, maybe I could write blogs for other people as well while I'm doing this. So I joined a... Um, like a copywriting agency, but they were just doing like content marketing. So I used to churn out just massive amounts of blog posts for very little money. (laughs) Would not recommend it to anyone. But it was like, it was the first kind of intro that I had to the world of making money for my writing. And I think that just opened up the possibilities for me. Um, but at the time, I was doing anything and everything freelance that I could. So I was building websites for people, writing sales pages, doing all sorts of things that, you know, were just in the marketing sphere. And it wasn't until probably two years ago that I really doubled down on copywriting on my own business and decided, right, this is what I want to do. Um, I because it, it felt like every marketing role I got into, I really enjoyed copywriting, but I never got to do it. <laughs> every time I started, I kept getting pulled into these, you know, other marketing functions. And I just thought, you know what, I don't enjoy any of this. I just want to write. And so I had to make that happen for myself. So I did. Amazing. Amazing. And now obviously you've built a really successful business. You have built a successful following, whatever successful in inverted commas means. But I think for many people, you know, putting themselves out there and running a business is one thing, but then also being a content creator is another thing. And I think it's great that you've kind of done both and you found your, found your edge, your niche, whatever it is in terms of putting yourself out there. So thinking about 
your background in marketing, digital copy. Today, I really wanted to talk to you about the kind of sorry state of marketing in the world based on the fact that you're a copywriter, you have a very long career in marketing and digital, and you're now a content creator as well, and you understand just the kind of nuances of the space. Mm. So I thought it'd be really fun to have a chat about that. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So the the kind of stuff I want to do, I want to do this is this is so like like basic basic bitch, but I really want to do like the good, bad, and the ugly of marketing because yeah, I, I think I think there there is there is a lot to talk about here, a lot to dive into. So should we start with the the ugly? So what for you? As a marketer, as a copywriter, as somebody who works, has worked with lots of different businesses and different spaces online as well, what kind of strikes you as the ugly parts of marketing that we need to be aware of? Yeah. Okay. So exploitation is like the big one that comes to mind for me because it's massive. And when you're new, when you're starting out in your business and you're new to the freelancing world, you don't really know what the status quo is. You you don't know what to expect and you don't know like when you're still in the process of establishing your own boundaries your own ways of working you can be very easily led by your clients instead of leading your clients and that opens the door for the wrong type of person to come in and establish in your own business how you then start to work and You'll very quickly discover when you get a, a bad client that that means being on call whenever they want you to be on call. It means doing as many like revisions and back and forths and all of that as they want you to do. It means doing massive amounts of work for very little pay. And there's just this, this culture of, well, you need us more than we need you. Um, you need to get away from that. Um, that kind of client as quickly as humanly possible because if you don't set your boundaries, if you don't set your um, like your business processes, your your preferred ways of working, other people will set it for you, and you need to be very careful about the type of people that you sort of invite into your um, into your space when you're first establishing yourself. It's very easy to get led astray. I, I feel victim to it. <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot there to go like to go into but um I think with the rise of platforms like Fiverr and Upwork to a lesser extent but still very much so there's there's a very big push on things like race to the bottom pricing um and it means that you're suddenly competing with people who are willing to do you know a thousand thousand word blog post for under twenty dollars and that's not sustainable. You can't build a business that way. But it depends on who you speak to in the early days. If you speak to the wrong person, then you might think that that's what you need to do in order to be successful, to build a name for yourself, to build a portfolio. And it's not. Exactly. Because there's no manual for freelancing and <laughs> that's the problem. So the fact that people kind of go, right, I'm going to become a freelancer. Great. And then, as you say, it all depends on who, you, who your influences are. And like you, I fell victim to some of this in the early days. I started freelancing about 12 years ago. And my first few clients were, you know, people who basically took advantage mm. and, you know, didn't 
did, didn't pay me right, you know, expecting me to do all, all of the things all of the time. But I think unless you're surrounded by the right people, it can, it can be really easily done. And so I think that's such a great like first point around what, you know, here, here's some things to avoid. This is, this is a really big one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I remember vividly uh, working with an agency early on. Um, I was given the advice to maybe not write quite so well because it was holding up my speed. <laughs> and I thought this, this is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die. That's so funny, That's, but awful. Yeah. Yeah. Not about that. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah, that was kind of like my first, um, excuse me moment. <laughs> I mean, it's a compliment, but it's like the, a very weird, very kind of backhand, like, could you be a bit more shit, please? Because we don't need this. <laughs> yeah, we just need, we need words. We don't need yeah. skills. <laughs> That's exactly it. You are a commodity. Please don't forget that. Mm, yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful. So, yeah, really, really ugly, yeah. ugly part of the industry. I think um, also toxic positivity is becoming, a, is, is a big thing at the moment. And it's, oh, it's so ugly. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, yeah, the it's definitely the ugly side of marketing, feeling like you can't share the lows. And honestly, social media is such a, um, it can be such a draining place depending on who you surround yourself with. So when people are just constantly smashing it out of the park and sharing great testimonial after great testimonial and doing launches, talking about, you know, I made five figures in one weekend while I was in Paris drinking wine. It's like after a while you just start to go, can we fucking not? Like I'm, yeah, we just don't need it. We need the lows as well. I completely agree with you. And I've actually unfollowed so many people who I kind of was, you know, like into because they just became, I feel like it's kind of become a bit of a cult. There is, there is actually a certification you can get now for this. I don't know if you know about this, Chloe. Yeah. Um, there is actually this certification that I've heard of within the kind of coaching and uh, marketing industry, which um, kind of promotes positive, like positive psychology. You're joking. <laughs> and whenever anybody mentions that they're doing this positive psychology stuff, I'm like, each to their own. I respect every business owner, every woman, particularly women who are just trying to make a fucking, you know, mark in the world. Yeah. But I just feel like this is, this is not, this is not kind of, this is not for me. Right. And I'm, I know one of the reasons like I'm such a fan of you is because you are like me, like no bullshit. And like, let's just kind of cut through all the crap and talk about what's real here. And the fact that you know, there are going to be lows, there are going to be bad things happening. And we're not all sailing on a fucking 10k unicorn every month. <laughs> That's not reality. Um, so <laughs> I really like that you brought that one up as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it. I mean, the idea that you can simply, um, you know, think away all of the negative aspects of your your business and entrepreneurship kind of life just by manifesting. Um, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's uh, I've said this before, but we, I'm not a wee woo person at all, and I I try and really avoid any of that. It's quite triggering some of the language that that's used in in marketing and and you know online business of you know that like you say like you know manifest and you know um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this in from the universe. Yes, yeah. Like no what? hate to anybody who does like who believes in manifestation and you know energy and whatnot like fine that's your thing absolutely go for it love that journey for you but I need the balance like I need to be able to have a bad day and maybe I'm still having to film some content because you know marketing never stops but maybe I need to be able to show up as like the person I am that day which is definitely less than perfect probably like a feeling a bit ranty, um, no makeup, hair in like a bird's nest and still have that be okay <laughs> because that's just like you can tell looking at my profile when, I, when I'm like having a bit of a rough week or I th- I just think it's important to show because, you know, your life isn't a series of uh, like one hit wonders. Like even Beyonce has a, has bad songs on her album. <laughs> Oh, my series. Right. <laughs> Siri agrees. Siri agrees. agrees. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's kind of connected into what I was saying before about you know the language that people use. I think I think again, like preying on the vulnerable and the the needy, you know, people. You know, if you get sucked into this idea that if you if you follow a set of these either you know um, like these kind of positive rituals or positivity, you know, the, the, just this saturation of positivity, and you don't think about the negatives, that somehow you're going to have an edge, or that you're going to it's going it, to it's going to make it, it's like the it's like unlocking the secret key to all this all this business stuff, and, yeah. I, and I think it's so skewed. And it reinforces the narrative that if you aren't successful, um, if you can't do this, then you're just not trying hard enough. And there is like, it puts the, it puts the blame squarely back on the person who was probably already feeling pretty shitty about themselves. And like, we just don't need that. We just don't. Mm. It's not, there's enough, there's enough people blaming themselves and feeling like crap when they're not able to do X, Y, Z. Like we don't, we don't need that reinforced by the business like culture as well we really don't we really don't yeah okay so in your view what is what is just a bit bad like bad practice or you know maybe lazy or the the stuff that's happening out there that is is just you know we need to leave it right where it belongs in like 1985 oh gosh okay so this one is a big one for me and it comes up all the time um income claim marketing so like basing everything on the fact that you are a six-figure business owner or seven-figure business owner or as I am now seeing, eight-figure business owners. Like when <laughs> the shit did this become like people's claim to fame? Like you don't see Coke talking about how they're like a nine-figure, you know, ten-figure business. Head, yeah. Like this yeah. is only something that is seen as clout in the solopreneur kind of space where people are using it to build their personal brands. But it it does not do the thing that people think it does and it attracts the kind of person who is either desperate 
because we're in a cost of living crisis and like honestly that's it's giving MLM vibes at this point um or it attracts the kind of person who's only in it for the money and you kind of lose your credibility the, the second that you start appealing to people who only care about the money and that it's just no way to run a sustainable business in in my opinion yeah, I think there's been there's been too much focus and obsession on you know, and it and it is turnover, right? Mm. It's 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 revenue. It's not profit. <laughs> so a lot of the time, you know, these people are saying, "Oh, I'm a six figure business owner." Okay, so tell me, babe, how much of that six figures actually was profit? Because you probably spent eighty grand on staff and expenses, and you actually only your profits only oh twenty grand. That's not really anything to shout about. So that's why it's so fucking misleading and irrelevant a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, and they're just you know they're trying to usually push a, a some kind of passive product that they have created. I say passive in like loose quotation marks because there is no truly passive um, income in the online business space. Everything requires marketing. Whether or not you are outsourcing that or doing it yourself, it's still not passive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there's that side of things. I just don't think it's um, I don't think it's a very responsible way to be promoting your business because you're just it, you're dangling a carrot in front of people who, who either desperately desperately need to get out of the situation they're in and are going to become very disillusioned very quickly when these fantastic claims don't immediately happen for them um, or you're attracting people who are in it to make a quick buck and then we just get flooded with more shitty like business models who don't actually care about their clients, they don't care about the impact of the work that they're doing and contribute to the noise in that space. It's just all a bit unscrupulous, isn't it? I mean, if we're talking about, you know, ethics and morals, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just completely bereft of any of it. And it and it just leaves everyone with a bad taste in their mouth. And that's not what we need. You know, again, let's go back to the fact that we're all supposed to be independent, you know, strong, uh, authentic uh, people, human beings, right? Um, yeah. if, if, we, if we want to survive, if you want to have a sustainable business. And this just all smacks of like, like you say, MLM vibes. Yeah, it is. It just takes me right back to when I was like 19 and had, you know, fallen prey to a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and, and I was in it totally convinced that I was a business owner. Um, but like, you know, you don't, you're not making any money doing these things. And, mm. you know, the, the, the principles that you get taught are to parrot more of what worked on you. And so it just kind of feeds back into the whole cycle and yeah you know that that shitty wheel keeps turning <laughs> for want of a better term to totally there's like loads of things that we could talk about in terms of bad just bad marketing mm. like people you know people doing the whole kind of liking free posts following unfollowing all that bollocks ah. I feel like that's all a bit sort of just you know every everyone is getting a bit more savvy about things like that but what else is happening in, you know, in particularly from where you're standing, what else is happening in terms of marketing and business, which was just kind of every, everyone is just getting a bit, bit fed up with and a bit sick of? Um, so I think the idea that you have to be seen a certain way 
um, to be successful. Like you have to like, there's been a lot of um, a lot of talk about authority and showing up as an authority and being an authority. And I think that with particularly with platforms like TikTok now, authority means something different to what it did before. And I think when people follow the advice from even as as recently as two years ago. Um, where you know you show up as an authority, you tell people how how it you know how things work, how it's supposed to be done. You show up as the expert and all that. I think more important now is showing curiosity and a willingness to explore new ideas and to try new things and learn and make mistakes in public and recover from them and share how you recovered from them. I think that gives you more authority now with with the platforms that we have than showing up, telling everyone what it is to do X, Y, Z, and then leaving and leaving them to their, you know, little lives where they can figure it out for themselves. I think, you know, the, the curiosity element is, I think, super underrated. Um, Mm, I love that. And you do that really well, Chloe, in your TikTok content. It's all a bit like, I love when you're sort of just sat there and you're just like, hmm, I've been thinking about this thing. So, and then you kind of dive into a topic and that, that's such a good kind of like leading sort of almost like content pillar, like curiosity, like let's just ponder something and explore it. Yeah. I've kind of been evolving my content um, to, to do more of that kind of exploration. I, I really enjoy making sense of the world around me like in a digital sense so I like um I I initially started by like doing lots of trends and things like that and that taught me how to scroll with intention which meant that I was thinking as a content creator while scrolling through my TikTok feed but also it showed like it showed me how to dig to find out how things are working and why people are talking about certain topics over others. And it's so interesting the more that you you dig into this world. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who need help making sense of the things that they are coming across on the internet, particularly young people. Um, and they, they, I'm now I'm not, not saying I'm a positive role model in this. Like I'm a, I'm a shit stirrer among, like, as much as anyone else, <laughs> but I like helping people make sense of the things that they're seeing. And I think that there's value in that because there's people who are doing predictions and I'm not that kind of person. Like I don't, not, not a digital media fortune teller, but I do like seeing why things are the way they are. I find that very interesting. Mm, yeah yeah explaining explaining the curiosities and the quirks of tiktok yeah there's really a lot cool. of them oh my gosh yeah and and people are like well what's that got to do with business but actually i think what what it has got to do with business is that you know for for many people tiktok is somewhere they spend a lot of time and and actually it kind of is all starting to kind of blend together mm. ultimately i think tiktok is a is a super interesting one for just like finding your finding a different way of communicating and I think I think what you've highlighted there that you know this kind of almost like it feels really old-fashioned some of the authority content where people are just 
rant, like ranting really on a point and yeah. not actually thinking actually somebody might disagree with me yeah I mean it does when you when you lay down an opinion like that and, and it is an opinion by and large like it might be a, a tested opinion it might be something that you have proven through your own methods or whatever throughout your work history but um, I think there's the kind of and I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone else but I have um, you know done the type of content before where it's like don't do this do this instead and like that's fine that you know that does a, that does a certain thing for your reputation but there's also an arrogance in it that I'm liking mm. less as I sort of evolve as a content creator that sounds really wanky um <laughs> But as, <laughs> but as I, I make more and more and more videos, I'm kind of like every time I record one of those, I feel like a massive dickhead. And there's got to be something to that <laughs> that I need to listen to because it just, yeah, they do well. Yeah. Videos like that do well for the most part because people are so desperate to not make mistakes. But I don't think that's the right reason to, to make those kind of videos. There's, yeah, there's enough rules. Like there's enough like things that people feel they can't do I want to focus yeah. on what people can do yeah that's a really nice way of putting it and actually I think everyone's a bit sick of seeing those kind of pointing and dancing reels and stuff like that I think that's all just becoming a bit you know I think I think you can do you can do dancing in a way that's really interesting and fun looking at you Chloe <laughs> um the one the one with the the gospel choir <laughs> oh my god you need to go on Chloe's TikTok and watch that. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's kind of like her work history uh, in dance moves. Um, but but this this is, uh, you know, there's there's almost like a saturation of a specific style of content, which I think people are just getting a bit blind to and are like a bit bored and it was all becoming a bit samey. So I think this idea of like, how can we how can we create content that actually is in, interesting and to make people interested in a different way in a in a more curious way is a, is a really great point. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about some good stuff. <clears throat> what is good? What is what what is working well? What is what should people? You know, maybe somebody's listening to this. They're a freelancer. They're doing their own marketing. I hate the word should, but what, what is good? What, what does good look like in 2022? You know, where are we? September, like hit, hit, hit us up with it, Chloe. All right. So I'm going to, I'm just going to unleash. No, (laughs) No, it's not that, not that. But what I think is doing really well at the moment, and I think people should be doing more of it is low effort content creation because like, that is part of the whole like actually being authentic is okay so maybe I don't have my hair done today maybe I haven't put any makeup on I'm going to film some content anyway because this is the reality of being a business owner in 2022 you don't put on your makeup once a week and film 20 TikToks you you might have an idea on a Tuesday when you're like right this is a pajama working day film it anyway Film it anyway, because that is more real than any of the batch created stuff you've done with perfect hair and makeup that like presents your brand as like this beautiful, like constantly on the ball thing. Aesthetic. Yes. I'm I'm like the least aesthetic minded person you will ever meet. Like I'm 
I said to one of my freelancing friends yesterday, I'm like a, tra- a, a raccoon with a credit card. It's, <laughs> I, I do not, I don't subscribe to that like branding vibe. It's just, it's not me. I can't maintain it. If you ever see me like trying to be aesthetic, it's totally fake. Don't buy it. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But so the low effort content, which, you know, can sometimes mean just slapping a tweet on, you know, a background that happens to be in your brand color and posting that. It means like repurposing a, a reel or a TikTok or something from, you know, last year that might have done well. Or, you know, refilming something that you've already done that perhaps didn't perform as well as you thought and like maybe trying a different hook or, you know, something else, different angle on it. Um, Anything that is like easy, the path of least resistance for content creation, absolutely do it. Like I've got tripods in two places in my house in case I get an idea, uh, depending on where I'm like upstairs or downstairs. Because I would rather have it easily accessible and be able to film the content right there and then when I have the idea. Because some of my best videos have happened when I'm like about to leave the house, like halfway out the door. That was my first ever viral video I filmed in like 30 seconds right before I left the house to go out for the evening. And I'm sitting there while I'm out, my phone's blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. just don't but- know. You just don't know. But if you don't create the content, if you're waiting for the perfect conditions, you may never get that, like, that amazing video. Just think about helping people. And, like, if I, if you can do something to help someone right now, then do it. I really admire that kind of view of, like, we don't need, we don't need to be perfect. Everything just, just needs to happen as it happens. I think that there is so much value in making stuff when it's fresh in your mind mm. and and also it's so true that the the content that is almost the content you think oh it's a bit shit I'll just tuck that up <laughs> it, it, it always is the best it's, it's the stuff you don't expect to do well that does well and, and the opposite is quite often true you know the stuff you spend hours and hours making is like ah. yeah um, totally so so yeah, so basically just fucking get on and do it. Just film it. Just make it happen. Like don't worry about, you know, the fact you've got your PJs on or whatever. And um I I, I think I think there's so much to be said for like this this more like this TikTok. It's a it's a TikTok thing, I think. It's an Instagram thing to be perfect. It's a TikTok thing to just go, do you know what? This is me. If you don't like it, you know, you can you can scroll on by. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing is Instagram is very much trying to be like TikTok. So as far as the the trends are concerned, it might take two months or so for a trend that is popular on TikTok to make its way over to Instagram and start actually getting pushed out. And when I say trend, I mean like it doesn't have to be like a point pointing and dancing thing. It could be a topic that people are talking about. Um, but once it does hit Instagram, if you've been early to it, you will see more benefit than if you're just trying to contribute to the noise after it's already gone everywhere. So like, if you can have an idea, but the first time that you see somebody talking about something, if you, if you have an, like, an idea to contribute to that, do it right then because the energy that you have in that moment when you have that idea is not something you can replicate 
three days later when the conditions are perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So from a from a copy perspective, maybe, what is what is working well for people? Like what is it is good? Like obviously we know like snoring, boring, you know, passive copy, maybe not. Yeah. We're over it. But how how like if you're a freelancer and you're not na- naturally a copywriter, but you want to get better at thinking about how your messaging puts you out there, what what would you advise for that? Um, it's actually very similar to the advice that I give for video content. It's to put your energy from the moment into the way that you are speaking about your business and your brand, because the way that you speak is how you should be writing. And if you focus on actually documenting your voice instead of trying to write from a blank page, you are going to find it so much easier to get words on the paper. So if you are one of those people who struggles with a blank page and you're like, oh, I just don't even know where to start with this caption. Pick, like, put a, well, do whatever you've got to do. Put a photo of your friend or whatever. Imagine you're sitting across from them at a cafe. Imagine you have to explain this to them in, in the way that you would normally talk to them and then record yourself saying it because what you can then do is trend, like, have it transcribed, use an app like Otter AI or whatever. No ads here, but, you know. <laughs> it's good <laughs> I and, like it <laughs> and then just like tidy it up a bit and tidying up the spoken words are so much easier to do than trying to put words on a blank page any day Such of the week top tip yeah it's it is the energy thing because people want to hear you speaking they don't want to hear what you think sales needs to sound like if you talk to them like they're a friend, you're going to find it so much easier. Yeah. And this goes back to this idea that we tend to attract the people that are like us. Mm-hmm. So if you have a quirky, witty sense of humor, you're going to attract people who appreciate a quirky, witty sense of humor. If you are really dry and, you know, you're, you're kind of, you have a, a different kind of sense of humor. Again, you're, you're going to appeal to somebody slightly differently. Um, and it's, it's kind of this, this almost this marketing myth that we need to somehow sound professional. Mm. Um, professionalism has changed. Professionalism is now you. It's you. Absolutely. Like how, we, how do you sound, as you say? Yeah, the the whole idea of being professional is totally not what it used to be. Like it used professional used to be synonymous with corporate, um, but now it's synonymous with a professional who is a real person because you know people buy from people they don't necessarily buy from brands the brands that do the best are the ones who are the most human and that's why we have like brand personality archetypes because they're easier to write for than okay, this is a business they sell X, Y, Z. Could we please be more boring? Because, you know, this is professional. This is what we do. It's it's not about that anymore. It's not about corporate. There are still corporate brands, but I will not be writing for them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. We we don't want to, we don't, we just don't want to go anywhere near a client that's not, yeah, that doesn't get it. No, Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very much, in the 
entertainer sphere of like brand personalities, which means that I tend to attract people who also have that kind of that kind of archetype with their branding. They don't necessarily know it, but they think, okay, yes, she's kind of a goofball. We like the jokes. We'll, you know, we'll try and work with her. Goofball marketing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've got got to play to your strengths, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a joke to be made, I'm probably going to make it. So... (laughs) I think as well with brand archetypes, and maybe you can just briefly explain what these are for anyone who doesn't understand what they are, but um, I think they can really help help you sort of just put, not put yourself in a box, but just give yourself a little bit of a um, an understanding of, of who who you are um, and your your values. And also then similarly, you know, the kind of people you want to attract. So can you explain a little bit more about what those are? Yeah, so um, the archetypes are based on a concept from Carl Jung. You'll have to like, if I get any of this wrong, please don't quote me because I, my rote memory is shit. So (laughs) I've gone completely off the top of my head here. But yes, um, so there are 12, I think, um, brand archetypes, um, like the the entertainer or jester, which is mine, Um, the rebel who's like very much challenging the status quo, they don't like to do the same things as everybody else there. You know, when everyone's doing one thing, they're going to be like, no, screw that. I want to do this instead. There's the sage who's like very, you know, very wise, will impart advice. There's, there's all different types of uh, personalities that your brand could be. And it's largely based off of who is running the show. Now, in an I work with solopreneurs mostly, so it's very um, it's very easy because it's always based off of the person who's leading the show. Um, in larger brands, it can be a much bigger exercise with a lot more factors in play, um, and you have to really be like nailing down your um, the personas that you want to work with and things like that. But it's largely based off of the personality as opposed to like demographics, like we we work with women who are you know ages 35 to 45 and they live in the united states it's not like stuff like that because you can't actually like market to that in any meaningful way but you can market to somebody who feels very strongly about challenging status quo you can you can speak to somebody who feels very passionately about certain you know um like human rights activism um, people who feel very strongly about the environment, people who, you know, think that the best way to educate is by making people laugh, which happens to be one of my things. Um, I think that you get far deeper into um, attraction marketing when you start working within these archetypes. And they're not like, they're not strict. You don't have to only be one type of person but it provides you with depth and kind of guidelines for the to operate as a brand. So it's more guidelines than rules, to quote parts of the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) And and actually what we really need as business owners is a bit of guidelines and, and guidance and that feeling of, okay, well, what, how can this, how can this help me get through, you know, 
figuring some really hard stuff out about branding and messaging and how I put myself out there. So I think that's really useful. And thank you for sharing that. And I will dig out the link to, um, to more information on the archetypes because um, it's a really useful thing to, to have, a, have a look at. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's some books as well that written about this. 100%. <laughs> so as well as uh, kind of this, this idea about basically off the cuff content, and not overthinking our strategy, that's sort of the visibility side of things. What What is working well in terms of business behind the scenes, behind kind of all the, you know, like almost like marketing process, marketing, you know, schedule or, you know, how, how are we managing marketing behind the scenes? Because I think we talk a lot about, you know, the content and the creative, mm. but behind the scenes, a lot of business owners struggle with making content or even planning or managing their marketing. So how is that evolving? Do you think? Yeah. So I think there's, uh, for me, there's two types of um, business owner there's two types of person when it comes to the motivation to do these sort of things and motivation is largely um you are either a stick person or you are a carrot person and that will depend what like what, what method of content creation and marketing in general and doing literally anything for your business what method works for you will depend on whether you are a stick person or a carrot person. If you are a carrot person, goals and rewards will rule your life because you you will respond well to setting goals for yourself and working towards achieving them. And having things like mini milestones will really help you. Having rewards at each of these milestones or you know miniature celebrations will really help you. I am not that kind of person. I do not do well with goals. I do well with deadlines, deadlines and consequences. So for me, I'm very much a stick person and it's not a negative thing. It's just hacking how your brain works. So for me, I do better with, right, I need to have this done by this date. No ifs and or buts. If I have the deadline there, then I know that that is what I need to do and I work so much better with that sort of thing. So for me, content creation, I go, right, I'm going to make two videos today. Don't care what they're about. Don't care what it's for. I just need to do those two videos. And I know that before the end of the day happens, I need to have done and posted those two things. And that like lights a fire under my ass because I know that I've set this deadline for myself and I am like the worst boss ever. <laughs> I am... I am such a dick to myself. <laughs> so, like, if you know, if you know what you respond well to, work with that. Don't beat yourself up for trying to, like, work with goals when you're not a very goal-oriented person. I do much better with boundaries, restrictions, and, like, I need to have this done by X day because otherwise I won't do it. If you tell me, like, work towards making, you know, this amount of money this month, I'll be like, no. <laughs> Principle, no. That's not happening. <laughs> because I just don't care. I don't care about that. But I do care about missing deadlines. So I work with that. Mm, that's so interesting because actually it, it proves that not everyone is the same. We're not, you know, we're not all exactly the same in the way we find 
reward. Mm. So you're reward you're rewarded by the threat of consequences. Yes. And you probably love that feeling of going, huh, I did it. Like I've done it. Oh like, mate. Take. The reward of being <laughs> able to close all the tabs after I've finished a deadline is oh, it's it's sweet freedom every time I get to push that little X. But I actually read about this in a book um called Finish. And I am a person, I can start a million things. I have no problem with starting. Starting projects, starting, like, coming up with new ideas, getting moving on them, absolutely no no problem at all. I am struggling with finishing things. So I'm not lacking in ideas. I'm not lacking in motivation. I lack the, the endurance to see something through. And that is what the deadlines helps me with. But yeah, I can't remember who wrote the book, but it was brilliant. Definitely, like everyone needs to read it if they struggle finishing things. Mm, that's really interesting. I'll I'll dig it out, and mm. we'll we'll link that in the show notes as well. So from a from that kind of behind the scenes process point of view, you're you're really what you're saying is that people you know people need to stop worrying about particularly this this and I, and I have a I have a membership that is focused on goal setting. But I think there is a bigger, a bigger lot of noise in the space about goals and set your goals and like goals are everything and goals are the secret to everything. And I'm going to be real about it. Like some people are shit at like setting goals and keeping to their goals. Some people are really good at it. And like you say, some people like that. That's their, that's their way. But I think what we, what we've just highlighted there, listener, is that if you are not somebody who likes setting goals, that's okay. And actually the the positive at the moment is that people are realizing that, you know, there's different ways of working. There's different, you know, this, this girl boss online world, which tells you, you need to do things a certain way. So it doesn't work for you. If you're neurodivergent, if you have health issues, if you are like a mom, like whatever, like being more flexible about what actually works for you and just picking out the pieces of the noise that you need rather than listening to it all. Mm. Yeah. Completely. It's there's too many places where you can go and they'll say you should you should do this. This is what you need to do to build a successful business. It will be there. This step, this step, this step, this step. Follow all of these, and success is bound to follow. And that's just not true. You need to be able to find your own way to do things. Um, that is still like it, it. I mean, success is not linear, but. You need to be able to find ways of working that make it sustainable for you because that is what leads to burnout when you're trying to do all of the things that people tell you you need to do to be successful. If they don't work with your ways of working and your style of like motivation, you're going to struggle and you're going to think, why does everybody else find this so easy and I find it so difficult? And you're going to beat yourself up over it and there's no need for it. It's just about reframing how you're thinking about it and finding the way that works for you. Great, great advice. So I want to switch tracks a little bit, Chloe, and talk about TikTok. I know it's come up a few times as we've been talking through, but while I've got you, I think what would be really helpful is to understand your overview of what there's a lot of people out there who are like, I need to go on TikTok, but I don't really know what I'm doing, or I don't want to go on TikTok because it's just too much for me to think about. 
what is your take on it and how would you advise a freelancer to approach it? So TikTok is a bit of a monster and your first, I think your first video is one of the scariest things that you will put out there because the way that TikTok works is it will push it out to a couple of hundred people, most likely, and you will probably get nothing. No likes, no comments, nothing, unless you are sharing a really polarizing opinion or something that is really going to divide the masses, like, or something that's really offbeat, but that doesn't usually happen for business owners. So it is very important to put, say, 20, 30 videos out there and just not look at your numbers. Do not look. Don't worry about if someone comments, interact, but like stay away from your analytics for those first 30 or so videos because you will depress yourself and fall into a hole and never make another video again. You will think I'm terrible at this. Why? No. Everyone laughed. I haven't gone viral. It must have failed. <laughs> Honestly, I made videos for a good few months and it was just crickets. And I knew already that TikTok worked because I had an account that I started for fun that I built up to 30,000 followers. So I knew what it could do. And I still found it hard in the early days where I was putting content out regularly and wasn't getting anything from it. But that changed when I started. um, I just started talking about copywriting. I talked about what I did I talked about the tools that I used. I talked about the things that I was doing for clients. And eventually someone found me and they reached out to me on my website and ended up hiring me. And I had 29 followers at the time. So not a big audience at all. In fact, it's like that's a friends and family level of audience. (laughs) (laughs) So, and for me, that was okay, this is validation that TikTok has the reach to put me in front of people who have never seen me before. But, you know, in the branding space, it takes five to seven exposures before somebody chooses to listen and or believe what what you're telling them. So you might be showing up on the same person's For You page a few times and they're like, who is this person? You need to keep introducing yourself to TikTok because the reach is unlike any other platform I've ever come across. So you are constantly getting new people come into your like content distribution circle and they have no idea who you are. If you're not regularly introducing yourself, you're missing an opportunity to establish who you are in their minds. So such a good tip. Yeah. Yeah, it's like putting yourself out there fresh every time to it, a whole whole new group of people. It really is. I look at some of my analytics and once, you know, once you get past the scaries um, or if, you know, if you're brave enough to go into it and be like, okay, well, this is, you know, it's not doing much, but cool. Um, you will see where your traffic is coming from, where all your views are coming from in TikTok. And you can see that in the early days when you don't really have any followers, of your traffic will come from the For You page, which is like TikTok's discovery algorithm that will recommend videos to you based on what you interact with. So the best way to start getting your content in front of your ideal client is to go out and find them on TikTok, 
start following and engaging with their content because eventually you will be pushed into their circles. Love it. The hot tip, top top <laughs> tips. That's a bloody mouthful. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I I really like that this is so different to any other platform. Really, it's it feels. It's got its own set of rules, which is, which is so nice and refreshing. It, it does, which both works for and against it. It can be a lawless society sometimes and people can hate it, but I love it. I think it's got so much possibility and the audience is so passionate and they are there to be entertained. And that, as as an entertainer archetype for my brand, that is like perfect for me because I just want to make people laugh I want to like keep people interested in you know what I have to share because it's stuff that I think people could do with knowing that's like I don't think I'm you know I'm I'm really not like very smart I I just like to curate information from other people and distribute what I think works well and what I find interesting and what is good I'm not the best at my job like people know this when you know, no, I don't think anybody out there is claiming to be the shit hot person who does what they do better than anyone else. But there is something for everyone. I am the best option for certain brands to work with. And they're not going to find me if I am hiding behind faceless videos and putting like, tweets on moving backgrounds because I don't want to get in front of the camera. They're going to find me because I'm showing up and being a dickhead on TikTok. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chloe, so, so much. Um, this, I feel like this has been like a wild ramble through the woods. You yeah. Know, kind, of, <laughs> kind of talked to all sorts of things, but so many really helpful and insightful different views on on you know your your kind of take on on the business space and marketing space um at large and I think actually you know ultimately the the summary of our chat for me is that we all just need to chill the fuck out a bit and just like just take the messy action yeah don't don't take yourself too seriously like just have fun because it is fun the more you practice the more fun it gets so, Chloe, I have one question I want to ask you before um, you go, which is, um, I have two questions, actually, but this is, uh, this is the first one. I have been asking my guests all year about confidence and how they find confidence. What makes you feel confident? Do you have a ritual? Do you have a routine around confidence? I, well, I don't, say, I don't think I have so much a routine. I have something that I keep in mind, and it is... What would I have wanted to hear when I was on my lowest day in my corporate job, feeling worthless, feeling like I couldn't do this? What would I have wanted to see to give me the confidence to go and chase that thing that I want? And then I go and be that person. For Chloe, you know, however many years ago, who was having that really shitty day. Because that's who I want to help ultimately. I managed to get out and do my own thing. That's what I want to help other women do. Well, I'm, and men, I'll work with men as well. But like, 
primarily the, the type of people who want to work with me are usually women. That's such a good one. And we haven't had that before. So it's almost yes. like a like almost like a visualization channeling and you know, like going back and and reframing it with that with that perspective in mind. Yeah. Be be the you that you needed on your hardest day. Is, yeah. Yes. So good. Um, Chloe, if anybody wants to find you online, come check out your entertaining content, you being a dickhead on TikTok, etc. Yep. Uh, where can they find you? They can find me at the right Chloe, um, right as in writing. I am on TikTok, Instagram. I do not do LinkedIn, but I am on there. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have a LinkedIn profile? But I largely ignore mine. So if you're expecting something up to date or useful content on there, good luck. You will not find it. Um, and also on my website, therightchloe.com. Excellent. Well, we'll link all of those in the show notes, as well as the brand archetype stuff and the book finish, which Chloe mentioned earlier. Chloe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your thoughts and insights and tips. There's so much gold uh, we've talked about today. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and having a chance to have a giggle over the mic. So um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening today, love. Now, if you'd like to access more epic freelancer support and resources, then head on over to fiercelyfreelance.co. This is where you'll find classes, tools and courses to help you grow your business. And you can also come and find us on Instagram as well, where you'll get lots of savvy tips and advice. So we're at Fiercely Freelance on Instagram. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, I would love if you could spend a couple of moments to rate and review us as well. Big love and see you again soon.